Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Seeking First. I am Shayna Harvey, and I am here today. I'm by myself today, um, but that's not going to stop us from getting started um, and having another great episode of Seeking First. And I was reflecting a little bit on um, why I was even doing this, um, because it is a bit scary to kind of put yourself out there in a um, podcast format. Um, you, you know, put yourself through scrutiny and you put yourself through uh, criticism, uh, potential criticism, people disagreeing with what you have to say. Um, and that's, you know, to come with any, with all of life, as a matter of fact, and you kind of don't um, get anything done if you're always going to worry about what people are going to say. Um, but there's also another reason why I do this, and it's based upon what I think is valuable. And the, the value that I see in the work that I'm doing and the value that I see in um, sharing this with other people is worth the headache of, you know, figuring out how to do a podcast and putting all the components together and putting it out there, trying to promote it, which is definitely not my strong suit. I am a terrible promoter. Um, but putting myself through all of this because of something that I believe um, is valuable and something that I, I have that I want to share. And uh, whoever, you know, receives it, they receive it. And whoever doesn't, doesn't. But it has a lot to do with value and what I believe to be more valuable than other things. Um, and that reminds me of a story that I read in the news a few months back. This was around Christmas time. There was a, a family who uh, they were living in, in Delaware and they had a fire in December and they'd lost everything. Uh, everything was gone uh, from the fire and what they planned to do before they had this fire was to distribute meals to the less fortunate, as they called them. Um, they were scheduled to do that as a service project. And then the food that they had been storing up in their home was destroyed in the fire. Well, the majority of it was destroyed in the fire. And they had other people trying to give to them and you know, make sure that they were okay. They had to go live in a hotel. Um, and then they had to, you know, try to find a place to live um, or in shelters or wherever they could to find shelter at that point since their home was destroyed. Um, but the one thing that they wanted to do was to continue to do the service project. And they said that they already committed to doing it, that they wanted to keep their word and they thought that it was worth it for them to go and to continue to keep this service project going to feed people um, during the holidays, even in the midst of their own personal tragedy. And that was something that I found um, intriguing because I think in times of loss like that, when people are suffering something devastating, some kind of devastating loss um, like that, I think what we value and what we prize comes to the surface at those times. And you can tell what they valued. I mean, their stuff was gone, but they valued their word. Uh, and they also valued serving others. And that was evident because 
everything else had gone away. They had each other. So I guess they would value each other because they certainly had um, their relationship. It was a husband and wife. I don't know if they have any any kids, but um, in the report, they only mentioned the husband and wife. Um, and it doesn't mean that their stuff wasn't important to them. It just means that uh, there are things that are more important than the stuff. Uh, because if their stuff was the most important to them, they probably wouldn't have been considering serving in that time because their life would have been gone. Everything that they put all of their value and their trust in would have gone away in the fire. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about kingdom treasure. Uh, what is it that we find valuable in the kingdom of God? And how do we um, look at value when it comes to the kingdom? Every kingdom has something that's valuable about it. Um, typically, that means that other people will try to attack those things that are valuable in that kingdom. If you think about those countries who are rich in oil and how many wars are fought over um, people trying to get access to that oil, um, countries that are rich in gold and how people try to overtake them, uh, countries that are rich in um, other natural resources, uh, if they have lots of water, if they have uh, minerals, if they have, uh, you know, hardworking people, uh, if they have whatever they have that is of value, that is a treasure to that kingdom, a lot of times people will try to attack those things because uh, people always go after what they find value in. And sometimes they go after the things that they think are valuable that we might not think are valuable. Um, if you think about somebody who might rob you of something that you don't even care about, um, but they think it's valuable and you're like, okay, well, if you need it more than I do, then have at it. Um, but they saw value in something. And so they wanted to come in and get it or people who are willing to work for things that they find valuable. Uh, we are all willing to put forth some level of effort for something that we think is worth it. But if we don't think it's worth it, then we're not going to bother to waste our time or effort or energy going after those things. And so when we're talking about the kingdom of God and what it is that we should find value in in the kingdom of God, we have to look to Jesus to give us the insight to that because he is our, our king. He is the one who defines uh, what's valuable in this kingdom. And it's up to him uh, to show us uh, what it is that we should find value in and what it is that we uh, should put our hope in uh, eternally as opposed to the things of this world. We're talking about treasure here. And so it's probably good to even define what treasure is. And according to dictionary.com, at least, um, treasure is anything or person greatly valued or highly praised, uh, or highly prized, rather. Anything or person greatly valued or highly prized. Um, and we have lots of things that we value greatly or that we prize highly. We have, um, you know, people in our lives that we hold in high esteem and we value them. They are 
really important to us, our family, our friends. Um, we have things that we think are valuable. That's why we spend time with them. That's why we spend time uh, on them and making them better. We value our jobs. We value our homes. We value our cars. We value our kids. We value our parents. We value our spouses. We value um, all of these things that we deem to be highly prized in our life. Um, but these things are temporal. At their best, they will last a lifetime. Um, and we don't know how long a lifetime is, uh, including the people that we highly value in our lives. We all have some form of an expiration date. We don't know when that is or, or what that is or how that's going to come about. But we don't last forever except in the kingdom of God. And so we tend to find our identities in the things that we value. And this is where it gets tricky. This is part of what we have to guard against and part of what this podcast is for. It's guarding against us finding our full identity in the things that we value that are all temporary. Our bodies are temporary. Our, our clothes are temporary. Our uh, families are temporary. Our uh, everything in this earth is temporary. And so we need to be careful of that because if we're talking about the kingdom of God, then we have to acknowledge that that kingdom is eternal. So it's not limited to the things that are on this earth. So let's talk more about um, this kingdom treasure and what's valuable in the kingdom. We're going to look at our text today, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. And again, I'm going to read from um, the ESV translation, uh, Matthew, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this is our text. This is Jesus still in um, our base scripture here. It's Matthew chapter six. He's still in the Sermon on the Mount. He's giving the sermon and he's describing to the disciples in this case, um, what the kingdom of heaven is like and what things should be valuable in the kingdom of heaven and the distinctions between earthly um, kingdoms and the kingdom of heaven, what's valued, what's prized, what makes you blessed, um, what is it that is actually uh, the characteristics of the kingdom of heaven. And so before this particular verse, uh, these particular verses, rather, um, he's talking up to them about all of the things that people do to try to make themselves of value on earth. And uh, he's talking about, you know, what it is that people do to get like earthly accolades and 
earthly praise and you know what is it that that's going to make you seem like you're a really good person um what's going to make you powerful what's going to make you um have you know a lots of of money of wealth of fame of power of uh prestige of you know praise from other humans what is it that um earth values and so before this he's talking about the 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 distinctions between that and the kingdom of heaven. He says, you know, don't fast to just look like you're pious and let people know that you're fasting just so you can look like you're super saved. Um, so, you know, make sure that you're not walking around here like, oh my God, I'm so hungry because I'm fasting because I'm so spiritual. Um, you know, avoid that. Uh, he's talking before this about um, not praying to be heard of of humans in this case um you know to not to use a whole bunch of words just to make you sound like you're super spiritual um and praying to be seen by other people you know standing up making a big show of it um like the the hypocrites as he called them do he's talking about um you know not only being good to the people who are good to you, but also being good to your enemies, which is way harder to do than just being good to people who are good to you. Um, and then he gets to this whole money issue um, and possessions and wealth um, and value in the kingdom, because this is right before he's going to go into um, the fact that you can't serve two masters, that um, you can't serve God and money. So um, this all of this show that you're doing to try to make yourself of value to the earth, you have to think about, is this valuable in the kingdom of God? And Jesus is saying, no, it's not like you don't want to store up for yourselves the treasures of this earth, because if you focus more on that than you do the kingdom of God, you're going to find yourself without anything because all of this stuff gets destroyed. People, places, things, all the nouns, uh, all the nouns on, on earth will be destroyed. So don't um, don't focus your life on all the nouns. Uh, I'm going to coin that and hashtag that, all the nouns. Um, but that is something that we have to be aware of because we're talking about value. And when it comes to money, quite often we find that incredibly valuable. It does a lot of stuff and it competes for our attention and our affection. So we're tempted all the time to focus on the acquisition of more and more and more stuff, more and more and more money. And Jesus is saying, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth because they're basically just going to be destroyed. Uh, and you're susceptible to theft, meaning everything on this earth. If we think about the devil, it says that the devil comes to steal, kill, kill and destroy. Right. So if the enemy of our lives, the enemy of our soul is coming to steal, kill and destroy, then if our treasure is there, then everything that we live for, everything that we do is subject to his pillage, basically. Um, that if all of these things that we value more than we value the kingdom of God um, are subject to him and his devices, then he can easily make you a target. He can easily destroy your life um, by coming after all of your stuff. Um, and this is 
where the kingdom of God is going to be different because Jesus is calling us for us to have our greatest treasure in heaven where he can't get to it because he doesn't have access because you got to go through God to get there and he doesn't have access to him um, not to get our stuff. Um, So if we have our treasure there, then we too are protected from having our entire lives destroyed when any one of these things gets touched, any one of these things gets destroyed, um, that we can have an abundance um, in heaven and not lay up for ourselves treasures on earth. Because he says that that, that's where your heart's going to be. If your treasure is actually on earth, then your heart is going to be there too. So your heart is the seat of your life. Um, scripture also says that uh, guard your heart uh, above all else, for out of it flows the issues of life, right? So if your heart and all the issues of your life are seated in your heart, then all you've got to do is look for where your heart is. And anything that's going to touch any one of those things that are in our hearts is subject to pillage, is subject to attack, because everybody's coming after what's in any kingdom, Um you know, kingdoms also need military to, to protect it. Right. So um, how do you protect what's valuable in the kingdom, uh, in your kingdom, if everything is subject to the devil and his attack? Um, if he's coming after you spiritually and you're trying to fight naturally, that's not going to work. Um, you got to be. You got to know what's valuable. And you don't have a whole lot of defense uh, when it comes to the things of this earth. You can do the best you can to shore up your house and try to keep robbers out of it. Um, You can do your best to um, take care of your body and and be as healthy as you possibly can be. You can do your best to uh, save up a lot of money so that you have a lot of security um, in, in your life and in your bank account. But there is always going to be some level of of vulnerability to all of these things. Um, And even if you get through this life without it, you're not going to be here forever. So you're not going to get out of here with those things. And they can easily be destroyed, just like a fire destroyed this family's um, home. You know, a fire could come through your house, even though you tried to protect it from thieves. Now you couldn't protect it from, you know, a faulty wire in in the wall. Um, And, you know, we we get insurance for these things. We get insurance to protect what is valuable. These are the things that um, as a financial planner, this is what I tell my clients to do. Okay, what is of value in your life? Let's protect it. Let's make sure that you can still have it, um, even if, you know, some worst case scenarios occur. Um, But the kingdom of heaven doesn't need insurance. So how do we um, look at our heavenly kingdom and value that more than we do our earthly kingdom? How do we um, keep ourselves from falling victim and being seduced by the cares of material wealth in this world and making our entire lives focused uh, on that? And how do you know where your treasure actually is. And one of the ways to know that is where your heart is. So anything that you think is attached to your heart, that's valuable to you. And Jesus is saying, value the kingdom of heaven above that. Point to whatever it is that you know uh, holds a piece of your heart 
or even your whole heart, that thing could potentially be an idol. And we don't talk a lot about idols in America because we don't uh, we don't often think that we have them. But anything that we put our life energy towards, anything that we um, might be subject to, um, uh, or, or we might consider uh, something that saves us, anything that we look to for our life energy, um, anything that we might say, oh, this is giving me life, even though we say that in jest quite often, for sometimes we mean it, um, this gives me life. Uh, it could be your job, it could be your family, it could be you know, your reputation, it could be your money, it could be anything. Any of those things has the potential to become an idol when you value it above um, God and his kingdom. And so anytime those things get touched, our identities are at stake. Uh, and so we need to be careful not to value things above the kingdom of God. But we also have to know when this is uh, happening. Fortunately, we have some help. God helps us to know when these things are happening in our lives. And uh, I can remember uh, times in my life where this was something that God was doing uh, to keep me um, from falling victim to this. And this is the grace of God, right? I wouldn't have done this on my own. I wouldn't have chosen this on my own. But uh, I'll tell you a story about how I left my job um, to go back to school, to seminary in particular, and to continue on the journey of, uh, of my faith journey and what I had to give up in order to do that and how God pointed to that as an idol for me. So back in, uh, this was 2009, um, I was probably at the peak, I would guess, of um, my career at that point. I had made the most money that I've ever made. Um, you know, I crossed over into the six-figure um, uh, arena. Um, I had uh, recently uh, at that point, towards the end of the year, I was in uh, Philadelphia Magazine as one of the top financial planners in the city. Um, and my company, along with two other advisors uh, who were also named, um, paid for us to have a photo shoot. So when the issue came out, I was in um, that issue. Um, I was pretty much, you know, riding high. I, I bought a new house. Um, I uh, at the Lord's urging, actually, um, you know, I was driving the car I wanted to drive. I, I was living where I wanted to live. I had, um, you know, some money in the bank. I was investing. I was saving all of that stuff. And uh, this was December um, of 2009. Um, I had already been in this kind of place of I feel like God is calling me to something different. And I don't know what that is. Um, and I've been there for about a year um, and wrestling back and forth, not having like a vision, not having an understanding of where um, I was going next. But uh, I just had this like feeling, if you will, of, man, there's there's something God is calling me to. And I, I don't know what it is. And so I had spent the last year um, really trying to pray and discern. Uh, what that was. And I remember it being December 28th, 2009. It was a Sunday and I was um, at home and I was arrested by the Holy Spirit that day. I don't know where it came from or nothing. I just, 
uh, I knew that I, I spent the entire day in prayer. Um, and the only verse that came to me was immediately they dropped their nets and they left. That was a, a verse from Mark um, that I think was Mark 8, where the disciples were called. And um, the Bible says that, um, you know, they essentially didn't hesitate. Um, they immediately dropped their nets and they, they went and followed Jesus. And that was the verse that was playing over and over in my head. And I was like, no, like you cannot be telling me to leave my job. Like, why, why would this happen? What would I do for money? Where, where am I going to go? What am I, I was already in seminary. I was paying for it out of pocket and I was going, you know, one, two classes at a time. Um, and the time was coming where I was going to have to, you know, make some choices of, well, how long is this going to take? Cause I think at, at that point I calculated it was going to take me a total of like 15 years, uh, to finish if I kept up at that pace. Um, but I was like, no, you, this this makes more sense. Like I'm paying out of pocket. I'm not in debt uh, because of this. I, you know, this is just how, how it has to be right now. I can't see leaving my job. I already took this other job that you told me to take. Um, now I can't see, you know, leaving that job and going to God knows what and doing God knows what for income. You just told me to buy this house. Why in the world would I now need to? Um, quit a job. Like, how am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to pay my student loans? How am I going to pay for my car? How am I going to pay any of this stuff? Um, but the whole, that's why I spent the whole day in prayer. I was like, no, this cannot be. You cannot be telling me to do this. And it was just nothing else coming to me at that point. So by the end of the day, it was probably like six, seven o'clock. Um, I finally stopped wrestling and I was like, okay. like, I knew what I had to do. I just didn't want to do it. Um, so I was like, all right, like, this is it. Like, I, and I and I told my friend, I was like, um, yeah, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. Uh, she was like, what? <laughs> you gonna do what? Oh, okay. But she, you know, was with me for the for the whole ride, so she knew that this was coming, um, and it was time because I had to register for classes and I had to choose what classes I was gonna take, and of course, um, working was kind of interfering with some of the things that I had to take in order to graduate. Um, and I needed to make a decision. So uh, the next day I went in to the office. My boss, um, you know, had a one-on-one -on -one schedule with me anyway. He was like, yeah, let's talk about, you know, strategy for next year and, you know, what your, what your plans are. And I was like, yeah, about that. So um, I'm basically going to be leaving. And then I told him why. And he was like, oh, okay. Uh, man, that's uh, pretty shocking. I didn't expect to, to hear you say that. Um, but wow, like I understand. And so I started the process uh, of going towards, um, you know, full time student and um, starting a business uh, on my own. I was like, well, I guess I still got to make money. I guess I'll just do financial planning on my own. Um, which I had been planning to do at some point. Again, I just didn't think it was going to be this soon. And I didn't expect to not have the financial resources to, to start it the way I wanted to start it. Like I was, I had a plan in place where I was going to be saving uh, a certain amount of money so that I can, you know, start the kind of business that I wanted to start. And God was just like, no, like right now, do it with whatever you got. Um, and it was, um, you know, nerve wracking because I didn't know how I was going to pay for anything. I didn't know how I was going to get office space or technology or um, any of the legal ramifications of what I was going to like. I just didn't know any of that. And so 
um, after about, uh, I guess, uh, I think it was like two weeks into that process. Like I just spent a lot of time in prayer and in the word and just trying to get direction on where to go. And one morning, uh, just out of the blue, I really felt like I had to go to the gym at this particular time. So I went to the gym and I ran into a friend of mine um, who had just left our former company um, and uh, landed at this place right around the corner from my house. And he said, yeah, you get to be an independent contractor and uh, we don't have to pay for office space. So maybe I'll introduce you and, um, you know, I'll pass the word along. And I happen to know the guy who owned the company uh, from our, uh, a former employer. So I was like, yeah, that would be great. Like if you could, you know, let them know that I'm, I'm interested in um, starting a business and I just need to help some help with infrastructure. And um, so a couple of days later, um, I had an opportunity to uh, sit down with him and uh, he was like, yeah, come on board. Like, no big deal. We'll hook you up with an office space. I got a computer for you. I got a desk. Um, you don't pay for for rent or anything. You just plug in like and just start to get clients. Um, and I was like, what? Like, how is this happening? And then uh, the pro- a prophecy that a friend of mine, the same friend that I told about it, who knew that this was coming? She was like, yeah, I don't even think you're going to have to pay for office space. Like she was just speaking prophetically. I was like, she's talking crazy. Like, how is that even going to happen? How am I not going to, how am I going to get a free office? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and sure enough, there it was, it showed up and I didn't pay for the office space. I gave up a, a portion of my production, but wasn't even actually that, that much. And I got to build my business while I was also in school full time. Um, so, I, you know, things went slowly um, throughout the process, but I got to kind of, you know, catch my breath. And during that time is when I wrote my book, uh, Money on Purpose. And uh, it was about, it was that summer that I wrote it. And um, I, I wouldn't have had the time to write it. I wouldn't have had the mental space to write it uh, because I was miserable in my, my former position and it wasn't a bad job. I just, I just didn't belong there. And throughout that process, God was showing me that there are things that are more valuable than money. Like I was making good, good money. Um, you know, you, we had bonuses, we had, um, you know, good base salary. I had, you know, pension contributions, 401k plan. They had great benefits. Like all of that stuff was in place. I was comfortable financially, but I was miserable spiritually and emotionally. And uh, it really was just because it wasn't where I belonged. And so when you are constantly in a place where you know you don't belong there. Um, you have to choose what is more valuable. There's something that God might be calling you to that might not be as financially lucrative, but there's value in it in other ways. Like the value of knowing God, that he is my provider, my protector, my shepherd. Um, all of these things is more valuable to me than a, a paycheck at a place that where I'm miserable. Um, so I didn't make as much money leaving where I was as where I was going, but I was finishing my, my education um, without the pressure of, you know, having to do that and work uh, full time. I was building, uh, starting over, essentially building a business um, that I got to, um, 
you know, kind of work at a, a slower pace, but I got to shape it. I got to write a book. Um, I spent a month in Rome with a friend of mine who was studying abroad over there. She was in law school. Um, and I got to go over and uh, spend, uh, she was there for, I think, six weeks. And I got to spend four of those weeks with her. And uh, we rented a flat with a couple of her law school students. And um, I mean, who spends a month in Rome, right? Um, I wouldn't have had that time if I was working. Um, wrote the book, started promoting the book. Uh, the book didn't come out for like another year and a half after I finished it. But, um, you know, I got to to figure out how, how to begin promoting. I started blogging. Um, like all of that stuff happened in that time frame where I was actually making less money. Um, and if I had valued the money more than I valued um, where God was taking my relationship with God and what I trusted in um, spiritually, then I wouldn't have had all of these experiences that caused me to know that God was worth more and that whatever he's calling me to is worth more than what I'm hesitant to leave. Um, so that is, is the lesson that I learned about valuing the things of the kingdom, um, that it's not always about who's going to give you the biggest check. It's not always about what's going to give you the most um, prestige. It's not always about where the, the biggest benefits are. But in that case, where I was at that time, uh, what was most valuable to me was to pursue where I felt like God was calling me. And so I had to know that there might have been some financial sacrifices that come along with that. But I was in a position where I could make that sacrifice. Um, I wasn't married. I didn't have any children. So it was just me because I'm not saying that everybody should just go ahead and do this. Um, everybody you know, doesn't have the same level of responsibility and you have to choose what's more valuable. Some people choose to stay in jobs um, because their family and making sure that their family has what they need is more important to them at that moment than pursuing uh, a dream or something like that. And if God is uh, calling, then God is also going to provide for whatever it is that he's calling you to. So there are a lot of um, additional lessons that I learned throughout that process because I didn't graduate. Uh, that was 2010. So I didn't um, graduate until 2012. So it was two years of some pretty hard um in difficult financial circumstances where sometimes I didn't know where things were going to come from, but they would always show up um, where I didn't know um, how I was going to pay bills, but they got paid where I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to keep my house, but the Lord worked that out, which is a whole nother testimony um, in and of itself. But throughout that process, I've just learned that God is bigger uh, and that my relationship with God is worth more than um, anything else that I could ever possess. And so that um, that treasure that, that I have, um, I still I preserve to this day. And I say, all right, God, where are we going? What are we doing? And it causes me to trust him at a different level. It causes me to step out on faith at a different level because I've already seen too much. I've seen what he can do. I've seen um, what's most important to him is that I value him above all things, that my character is more important than um, any of the things that I could ever possess, um, that when when the things of the kingdom become more important, then you your vision changes 
in terms of how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you spend your resources. Um, all of that also shifts. So um, I, that's you know something that I absolutely uh, learned and I'm still learning in another way because um, Jesus will take you on that journey wherever you are in him. And I think it's important to also recognize that um, these are things that you probably wouldn't choose yourself. Um, it's hard to, to, to know. I wouldn't have said that I value the things of this world more than I valued um, the things of, of God. Because, I mean, who would say that, right? But when Jesus takes you on a journey and is making, helping to mature you from a faith perspective, you then can look back and be like, wow, I really wasn't as, uh, as boss as I thought I was when it comes to this stuff. Like I, I really wasn't, um, you know, super spiritual. I really wasn't like I, I said it and I wanted it to be true, but he has to make that true in you. And that is what his spirit is doing, doing. Um, Jesus takes you, takes us on a journey to value him more. And as you keep following him, it becomes clearer and clearer that um, he is showing you that the things that he has for you are more valuable than the things that you would create for yourself. Because we would actually focus on creating comfort and complacency and things that make us um, earthly uh, good and earthly bound. Because that's just like that's the reality of being a human being. Like we we're not going to seek out all of these things, unless we're doing it for quite often selfish ambition, um, you know, accolades, we want to be considered the best at this, or we're, we're after, um, you know, our name to be recognized and all of these things. But um, quite often, we wouldn't choose the things that, that God values and say, yeah, this is most, most important to me, even though it makes sense to do that. Like, we say it, but he has to actually be the one to guide you on that path. He has to be the one to, to teach you what to lay down. He has to be the one to show you what the most important thing, what the things are that have eternal value and to shepherd you towards those things. So the things that have eternal value are more valuable, but we, we might not choose them. Um, so, and this is the question that I'm going to pose to you today, just in terms of for your own reflection, what would you right now be willing to give up if God asks you to? What is it that you know for sure you would be willing to give up? And then part two of that question, what do you not want him to ask you to give up? What would you have a really hard time laying down? If he said, I want you to walk away from this. I want you to, to give that up. I want you to let this go. Um, what is that thing? that you would just be like, no, nah, I don't even, like you would just blame that on the devil. Like that's not even God right now. Um, God, you wouldn't ask me to give this up because you know how much I love it. God, you wouldn't ask me to give this up because I know that I'm the head and not the tail. God, I know, like we start quoting scripture <laughs> in those moments where um, God has touched something and asked you to let it go. Um, sometimes we can make even that process super spiritual so that we can talk ourselves out of letting it go. But quite often, the thing that you are so hesitant to, to live up is a potential idol for you. And that's the thing that you're going to need to to help, to ask for help to for God to say, yeah, um, 
I'm going to need you to hate this more than you hate me. <laughs> I'm going to need I'm going to need you to love me more than you love this thing. Whatever that thing is, I need you uh, to love me more. And I need you to know that whatever I have for you is more valuable than even that. The best thing in your life, the, the thing that you would die for, the thing that you live for, God is still better than that. And that's the crazy part about it. Like we don't even see that because we, we can't necessarily see him or feel him or touch him in the same way. But he is always making us uh, take this journey and guiding us and shepherding us towards the things that are more valuable than um, anything that this world could ever offer you. All of the nouns uh, pale in comparison to him, um, but he is the one that's guiding you. So when you get that kind of nudge from God of the next thing that you have to do, and it may require you to let go of something that you hold dear, just know that he is trying to instill in you this value that is priceless um, so that you can value the things of eternity more than you value the things of the earth. Um, and that is part of what we want to do here on this podcast um, throughout you know, me and the conversation partners. We want to focus on the things that do have eternal value um, and know that our finances play a role in manifesting the truth of that in our lives, like how we choose to spend our money, how we choose to save our money, how we choose to invest our money, how we choose to give our money. All of that is reflective of the values that we hold and the things that we believe to be true. So let's make sure that the things that we're doing also have uh, eternal value and are not just uh, temporal in nature. And that doesn't mean that we can't have nice things. I don't want people to think that I'm bashing rich people or I'm saying that you shouldn't have nice things. I'm just saying that you should recognize when something is of value and not of value. And sometimes it's buying the nice thing because typically you would hoard all your money. And that's true for me too, which we'll talk about in the next series a little bit. But sometimes I spend money because I know what's valuable. Um, and that just means that and, and if I didn't spend the money, I would probably either be cheap or and, and try to hoard the money and save it. Or I would just be, um, you know, functioning from a scarcity mentality. So sometimes I choose to spend money because I know it's value, because I know it's just money um, and I'm trying to manifest that. And then sometimes I don't do it because I know that it's not worth it, that um, there are times where it makes sense to spend and there are times where it makes sense to save and there are times it makes sense to give and make and there are times it makes sense to invest in you. You just really have to follow the spirit of God on these things. It's not really um, just something that we can come up with ourselves uh, and just declare ourselves to be super spiritual. This is God revealing himself in us. And so, um, you know, come on this journey with us here at Seeking First. Um to identify what is truly valuable um, and to let go of this idol of money um, in our lives and make sure that we are worshiping the one true and living God um, and not um, worshiping money. So um, that does it for us today. Um, stay tuned because uh, we are, this is actually the last 
uh, episode in our kingdom series. And we're now going to move on to part uh, the next part of Seeking First, which is going to be a series entitled Money on Purpose. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is the title of my first book, Money on Purpose, Finding a Faith-Filled Balance. And we're going to go into a series uh, on financial personalities and how uh, our financial personalities play out in our, our faith lives and our financial lives um, and talk to some people who have different financial personalities. So you'll be hearing from uh, friends and clients of mine who um, have taken our financial personality quiz. And if you yourself would like to find out a little more about this financial personality quiz and find out what your financial personality is, then be sure to visit our website, www.getinsightts. That's T as in Tom, S as in Sam.com, getinsightts. Um, and be sure to take the financial personality quiz. You should get a pop up immediately taking you to that link. Um, if not, you can go right up to um, the uh, financial resources and calculators and it's on the page. Um, but figure out what your financial personality is. And then you, some things probably are going to start making a lot of sense in terms of how you engage money. Um, but we're going to go through a series on this. So be sure to get ready for this next series and talking about how these personalities affect our relationships, our faith, and uh, our money. So thank you again for all of your time and listening. Uh, let's seek first the kingdom of God together um, and his, right his righteousness and all the things that we need shall indeed be added. So God bless. Talk to you next time.